You're listening to Creating Impact Through Giving, a podcast brought to you by the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, providing you with the stories, techniques, and tools around impactful giving. On this show, we'll talk to donors, professional advisors, nonprofit leaders, and our own team of experts to identify charitable strategies that have resulted in some of our most impactful gifts. Hello, I'm Dan Martell, and I'm glad you're joining me again on Creating Impact Through Giving. Well, it's scholarship season here at the Community Foundation, and that means up to $2.5 million are up for grabs for students all across Oklahoma. Do you want to become an architect or orchestra musician, or perhaps you want to become a nurse? Well, we've got you covered. As a matter of fact, we have more than 800 different types of scholarships that are sitting in our system waiting to be claimed. Back on episode two of our podcast, we talked all about the process of establishing a scholarship for donors, but today we want to learn exactly what you, the students, and maybe some of you parents need to do to have the best chances of becoming one of our award recipients. Later in the pod, stay with us for a deep dive into one particular scholarship opportunity, our Oklahoma Youth with Promise Scholarship for students in the foster care system. But first, let's get all the answers and tips on the perfect scholarship application from Jessica Schwager, our Director of Scholarship Programs. Well, Jess, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a wild year for everybody, especially those that work in admissions and higher education. But before we jump into the application Q&A, I want to ask you what your team has done to shift their outreach strategies and their communications with students. Well, to be 100% honest, this year has really been a struggle with trying to get applications. Um, We are down from last year with our application numbers, but we're kind of seeing that across the board when it comes to higher education. I know um, there were some numbers that came out a few weeks ago that the students who graduated in spring of 2020, there was a 22% drop off from those students graduating from high school. And then 22% of the students that would have typically matriculated into college just didn't this last year. So Jess, you had mentioned this is all over. This isn't just all Oklahoma. Over. Yes, all over the United States, wow. a 22% drop off. And mm-hmm. would you attribute a lot of that to COVID? I think so. And I think that that's what they're kind of attributing this to. I think the uncertainty of not um, knowing if classes will be in person or online, um, I think a lot of students ended up taking a gap year, maybe, or gap years. And um trying to figure out what to do. Wow. But when it comes to our own application numbers, I mean, I think that if students are uncertain whether or not they're going to go to college, then they might not be inclined to apply for scholarships, or they might not be thinking about that right now. So we've had to really get creative with our communication and outreach out to students. Because typically, this time of year, we're going out to high schools and helping students apply for scholarships, but we're not really able to do that this year. So we've been trying to do um, more Zoom sessions. I know Rick in our office has been um, connecting with counselors even more and trying to offer them some one-on-one support to get more students in our uh, application system. And then we've been doing some kind of unique advertising. This year we did radio advertisements across the state of Oklahoma. We've been on the radio in the mornings, and um, we're really just trying to plug social media and as as many touches as we can get out there for all of our students to apply. Mm -hmm. So even though a lot has changed, some things are still the same in that we're still going to award millions of dollars to students across Oklahoma, right? Right, correct, yeah. And some of these awards will go unclaimed. Is that a fact, too? I mean, it could be a fact that that's probably the one motivating factor for students to apply, because if we don't receive applications for a certain scholarship, then we just won't award it. So there's money out there. Students need to apply for it. Well, I hope that if they're listening right now that they're going to go to OCCF and and look up which scholarship pertains to them, because you're right, there's going to be a lot out there. 
Let's start with some questions. So what do I need to collect to apply? So I would recommend the first thing students do is go to our website, OCCF.org forward slash scholarships. That's a great starting location because that lists out everything they need to do to prepare. But the most important thing on that website, I think, is there's a how to apply video. If students look at that, they can kind of just gear up for what they need to do. So things that they might need, um, they might need to collect kind of some resume information, start on a resume, a FAFSA, a free application for federal student aid, get that uh, collected. Uh, we need transcripts, we need letters of recommendation. And a lot of the questions we're asking on our application are pretty similar to college admissions applications. So some of the essay questions about their career and why they're choosing their majors and things like that. So they might just make sure that they have some of that information just kind of prepared as well. And this is all done mm -hmm. online, correct? Everything is online, okay. 100%. Mm -hmm. All right. When are the deadlines and how can students make sure that they stay in the loop? Yeah, well, our deadlines have actually already started. Um, our very first deadline was actually in December, but our um, very first big deadline was February 1st. And really, the deadlines are kind of rolling throughout the spring semester. I would recommend that students get in the application system right now because the majority of our deadlines are actually March 1st. So that's only a few weeks away. Um, so it's really important they get into the system now uh, because a lot of students, I'd say, don't even think about how they're going to pay for college until after they graduate high school. And by the time they graduate, it is way too late to apply for scholarships. So, so when do they really start? At what age and at what grade do they really need to start jumping in to look at scholarships? I encourage, um, when I talk to students, I encourage them and their parents to um, kind of get high school juniors, thinking about it at least. And then anytime I talk to a high school junior, I tell them to open up their phone and on their calendar, put an event date on their calendar for October 1st of their senior year. So October 1st of their senior year is typically when a lot of scholarship applications start opening, including the ones at OCCF. You know, there seems to be a common misconception out there about scholarships. You know, everybody thinks, well, I have to have a 4.0 grade point average to apply. That's not really the case. So how are the scholarships awarded? That's a great question. We consider uh, various factors. So we are looking possibly at GPA, if that's something that's important to that particular scholarship. Um, we're looking at leadership, community service, uh, work activities, we're really looking at the student as a whole, like their entire application. So it's not just one thing. It's not just a high ACT. It's not just a high GPA. We're looking kind of at the holistic view of the student's application. Okay, so if uh, there's a student in school that is well-rounded, very involved in the community, involved in their school, but they don't have a 4.0, they're certainly urged to apply, correct? Absolutely, yes. In fact, um, a lot of our scholarships start, we, the minimum GPA requirement is typically either a 2.75 or a 3.0. So that's an A, B, sometimes C student. So I would encourage students not to select themselves out of the running just because of their GPA. I hope everybody understands that. That's yeah. good to know. Because that is, that's a real common misnomer out there that people just don't realize that, gosh, just because I don't have a 4.0, means that I can't get a scholarship, which is not the case. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once they apply, once everybody's on there, they have their information loaded up, what do you do to select the recipients? What's the, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so all of our applications are collected. Um, we do a, we really work with students. So if there are missing materials or say a student accidentally forgot something, we typically work with a student to get that information in the system. Once that's all done, then we have this 
awesome group of reviewers who they're people who work at OCCF, they're people in the community that volunteer to read applications. And we work with them on um, different rubrics and different ways to score the applications. So we have about 50 people that are a part of this big review process. Um, And so it goes through the review process. And at that point in time, it's the student who has kind of the highest score and meets the criteria or awarded the scholarship. I am curious to know if we didn't have COVID, if this were a normal school year in we give out 800? You say more than 800? Right, right, right around 800. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many applications would you normally receive in a what we would consider to be a normal year? That's a good question. Um, it's interesting because some of our application numbers are actually up over last year. Um, I'll take the OG&E has a scholarship and they actually got 100 more applications this year than they did last year. So that's one thing. But then we have other scholarships that might normally get 50 applications in this year. Well, actually, there was one I looked at today that last year around this time had about 90 applications, and they only have 16. Um, so there's really a, a difference. So what, what I'm doing right now is kind of working with people who help administer those scholarships, the donors, and saying, hey, can we just extend the deadlines a little bit? Students might, this might be too early right now. Let's extend the deadlines a little bit and see if we can't give students a little more time to get in the system. Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, you know, parents and students alike are really looking to see what's going to happen with this doggone COVID. I know, I know. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm a student, what are my chances? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, while I can't necessarily predict the chances a student can receive the scholarship, the best chances a student could get a scholarship is to apply and make sure everything's completed. So it really depends on how many students also applied. It depends you know, how big the pool is, how much money we have to give away out of a certain scholarship. So all those factors play in. But as long as a student's application is complete, they meet the um, eligibility requirements, then they'll be considered for that scholarship. And that's as good a chance as they can get, I would say. And I want to remind our listeners, too, that the Oklahoma City Community Foundation is the state's largest independent scholarship awarder, right? They Correct. They the most yes. scholarships that, mm-hmm. uh, than anybody else. That's yes. good to yeah. know, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say that I've, I'm a student. I've been awarded a scholarship. Yay, right? Well, then what happens <laughs> after that? Yeah, well, then we get to do the fun part of notifying the students, which is exciting. Um, some people, I will say like OG&E, Bank of Oklahoma, they do big awards presentations and it's so much fun um, what we do though as an office we send out award packets to the students so these award packets will have an award letter in there and it will give them the details of how they can actually receive their scholarship there are a few steps they have to take to actually get the scholarship last year this year because of covid we just we kind of did double duty so we made sure we sent a packet to the student but then also sent follow-up emails as well um so i would just have students make sure they're you know checking their mail checking their email for those award notifications excellent all right and what do you think any last minute important things that we need to remember here i would just encourage students to get in the system now don't wait if any, any juniors are listening to this, I would say to, again, set an alarm or a calendar invite for October 1st of their senior year and apply early. I, like I said, I think a lot of students think that scholarship applications close a lot later than they do, and that's just not the case. Um, we're coming up on our major deadline, which is March 1st here this spring. So I would just say be aware of the deadlines, set reminders to apply. And just make sure to read all instructions on the application and make sure the applications are complete. Uh, If students have any questions about if their materials are submitted correctly or if they have any questions about really anything at all, their completeness of their application, they can always reach out to us. Our email address is probably the best way. It's just scholarships at OCCF.org, and we can check over their applications for them. Well... 
all of you guys that are looking to earn a scholarship, it's time to apply now, especially if you're a junior. The Oklahoma City Community Foundation, again, the largest independent scholarship giver in the state. Two and a half million dollars worth to more than 800. So if you're you're one of 800 listening, we hope, then you've got a great job. Yes. So, <laughs> Uh, Check it out. And thanks so much for returning to the pod to share all of your best practices with us, Jess. Thank you so much, Dan. If you've turned on the TV over the last couple days, you may have heard the story of a very special young man, one of our scholarship recipients, Savian Johnson. Savian was only 13 when he had to leave his childhood home and was placed with a foster family. At the time, Savian already knew he wanted to make it to college, but he really didn't have any idea on how he would get there. So let's hear from Saving about what that was like. I was 13, almost 14 years old. I believe it was in October of 2014. Um, I was just going through a lot of verbal and physical abuse through my household and things were just kind of rocky all the time. And there was never really consistency with like peace and structure in my house. So I got admitted into the system. I didn't really know what was going on. Everything was moving pretty fast, you know. It was my first time in the system, and um, I have a friend in high school whose parents were foster parents, and that was who I was with at the time. I was kind of confused and nervous because everything was just happening so fast. I I just wanted everything to go back to normal. High school for me was great, to be honest. I played sports, and I was involved in a lot of student organizations. I have a lot of relationships that I built with like teachers and friends that still affect my life today. I thought that I was smart enough at the time to go to college and get into college, and I had knowledge of like scholarships and things, so I knew that that would be an option for me after school, but with the things that were going on like through foster care system and just in my life, I wasn't sure if that I would have the opportunity to go. I am now with Wanda Minter, scholarship coordinator at the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, and also probably one of our longest-serving employees. Is that right, Wanda? Yes, I will be here 23 years in December. Well, congratulations. That is quite a distinction. (laughs) But more importantly, you know all about these students and, and what it takes from some of them to dare to dream about going to college one day. And you've been part of the team that works to administer the Oklahoma Youth with Promise scholarships every year. And these students are, are students that have recently aged out of the foster care program or who are currently in the program. Is that? That is correct. Hearing stories like Savings, it, it really does hit home as to why it's so important to lower these barriers of entry into higher education, especially for populations that have you know, had it harder than others. First-gen kids, non-traditional students, students with uncommon career choices. We have scholarships for pretty much all of these groups. But for now, let's focus on Oklahoma Youth with Promise. How did this program come about? It was established in 1988. When it first came about, it was named the Kids with Promise Plaza Scholarship Foundation. And it was founded by Dick Coyle, Carolyn Berry, and their families, and owners of the Nichols Hills Plaza Shopping Center. But in 1996, they renamed the scholarship the Oklahoma Youth with Promise Scholarship Fund. It was established for students that were in foster care or that had aged out of foster care. And they wanted to to gear toward these students because we know that these students have lived a different form of life where 
uh, things are not just accessible to them in a in an easier fashion, if that if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so we accept students that have been in foster care system or that are in group homes. So that is basically where that came about, wanting to manage a scholarship for these students who did not have that financial uh, stability from living in a traditional home. Man, that is, who knows how many foster kids are out there that probably think to themselves, well, heck, I'd like to go to college, but I have no idea how I will ever get there. It is amazing how many students that that we do come across that really feel like that they don't have a chance at college. And with this particular scholarship, they have to maintain a GPA of a 2.0 in high school and, and in college. Basically, we don't turn down any students after we have figured out that they have been in the foster care system. That's really good to know. Well, how do you work with students and DHS counselors throughout the process? How does that work? Well, once you build a relationship with these students, and which is one of the most awesome things for me, you build a relationship. And once that relationship is built, that especially after they have aged out of foster care system, because once they've aged out, they have very little contact with their ETV specialists. Some of them still have contact, but most of them, really literally don't have contact. So once you've established a contact with that student, then they will eventually come back to you for uh, many of our scholarships. What's the impact of the scholarship been like on students that you've met that have received this particular scholarship? These young people are just so uh, amazed that there is a scholarship that is just built for them. And most of them that do go to school, they once they graduate from college or have some type of college experience, whether it's vocational or a four-year college or a two-year college, they want to go back and they want to help their community. Well, you know, it's it's funny when we were talking to Savian, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, he, he's kind of got a plan. He's got a major selected and he's picked out. and. You know, the big thing that I was so impressed with, he said, when I get out of college, I want to join the Air Force and serve my country. After I graduate, I would like to join the Air Force as an officer and get a job either in the medical field or in communications and serve my country. And nowadays, I'm able to, you know, use that as motivation to, like, help myself pursue my goals. I look back and I think, man, I've came far. It really helped me and pursue my goals in school and everything. Number one, it helped financially. I was able to continue to pursue my goals in schools without putting a strain on myself while working. And it also helped me because I understand that there's a lot of people who are in my corner. That is awesome. And that's what these kids really want to do. They have a, they have a close family, even if they're not the traditional family. And I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you want to leave the kids that might be listening to this podcast, you know, what, what should they be doing at this point? If they have any questions at all, feel free to call me at any time. Uh, we will walk them through that process. This is one of those scholarships that we just don't drop it in their lap and say, we're done. And, and we do none of our scholarships like that. But this is one of those scholarships that we kind of just kind of take them by hand and help them along the way. And no question is a, a, a dumb question or a stupid question. Every, every question is legitimate. And so we will walk them through that process. We will make sure that they get that, that transcript or they get that financial aid report. 
and that they are making that GPA of a 2.0 throughout their college. One of the good things about this particular scholarship that it actually goes up until the age of 25. And this is this is a pretty good scholarship. Can you tell us what the this is worth? Once they come in as a freshman, it is a $3,000 award. And once they exceed 60 hours toward that undergrad degree, then there is an enhancement there. And we work really closely with their ETV specialists to make sure that they are on that right path and that they are making academic progress. And it and that scholarship will exceed to a $5,000 award. Wow, three to $5,000 a year. That is very, yes. very impressive. What's a good way to reach you? If you're a parent, a counselor, or a student that wants to talk to you, Wanda, you know, how do they get in touch with you? They can always email me and they can email me at occf.org slash scholarships. Or they can always call me at area code 405-606-2907. All right, that's Wanda Minter, 405-606-2907. If you have a question about the Oklahoma Youth with Promise Scholarship, Wanda Minter is your point of contact here at the Oklahoma City Community Foundation. We hope you'll give her a call or send her an email at occf.org slash scholarships. Thank you so much for talking to us about this amazing program today, Wanda. And thank you. If you want to listen to Savian's full story, head over to occf.org stories. That's occf.org stories. Or visit the Oklahoma City Community Foundation YouTube page. And students, if you're still here, thank you for sticking with us. But really, though, what are you doing? Head over to occf.org scholarships and apply right now. You can be auto-matched to more than 800 opportunities before you head to bed tonight and could spend your next semester on campus or virtually with a lot more time studying and less worrying. That's it again for me. I'm Dan Martell, and I'll see you next time on Creating Impact Through Giving. Creating Impact Through Giving is brought to you by the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, a nonprofit that works with donors to create charitable funds that benefit our community both now and in the future. For all episodes and more information, visit occf.org impact. Thanks for listening today, and I'd like to leave you with this. Everybody wants to create some kind of impact in your community. What would you like to do? Contact the Oklahoma City Community Foundation and let us help you turn your legacy into a reality today. See you next time.